Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. So everybody doing good? Yeah, we are glad that you are here and excited about what I, man, Benito and myself have been just collaborating and strategic planning, and I am so grateful to be a part of the team. I'm grateful to be part of the team. And, and so my, my name is, some of you know who I am, that's fine, but for those of you that are guests, my name is Jason Hirsch, and I'm the executive pastor of Freedom Church. I'm married. You may know my wife, Angel. You may not. I have four grown children. Well, one that's going to be, I have one left in the nest that's graduating. Pray for him. And we will be empty nesters, and I am stoked about that. Uh, so that being said is um, I was part of uh, what was called New Hope Before, and we merged with Freedom Church, and it has been a God thing. It has been a God thing. And I'm so grateful that the Lord orchestrated all of those pieces, and I got to be a part. And so today, uh, as, I, as I preach, I'm coming, I'm coming to you really with a heart as a, of, a, of a pastor to communicate something that has been, I've been wrestling with for some time. And pastor comes and said, hey, would you, do, would you uh, do one of the weeks on love handles? And I'm like, absolutely. I sure will. I'll absolutely preach on love handles. And so here's where it begins in my life. Is that I am extraordinarily busy. Whether it's because, <laughs> because I led myself there. Or somebody else led me there. And because I tend to be busy and I tend to be distracted and I tend to just go and go and go and go, I often miss God. And I often miss connection with people. And so we've been in my life group on Tuesday nights. We've been talking about how how really the horizontal relationships of life can't happen really well unless our relationships with our Heavenly Father is working right. That's, that is critical. And so I've been on this journey of reading and studying about what it looks like to meditate, to clear my mind and actually meditate where there's nothing else going on but just to focus on my Heavenly Father. We often don't take time to meditate because, because we're like, well, that's you know from the Eastern culture. And we don't want to do that. And I'm going, oh, I think the enemy is twisted and taken and robbed from what God said is good. And so I've been practicing meditation probably for the last year and focusing on God. And, and then the other thing that I've been working on is creating time and capacity to truly love my Heavenly Father and to love other people. And so, so last week, Pastor... Benito, he shared from James 4 of what is causing fights and quarrels among us. He, say, he said, hey, it's, it's all of this stuff, that's, this, this flesh of yours that's going on, and it's, it's not allowing you to be who God intended you to be in your marriage and in your relationships and so forth. So today, I'm going to share with you that I think that God, God for us is wanting us to handle life in such a way that surrenders it back to him and not living on the brink or on the brink of love, but truly living a life in relationship. And this is huge. So marriages, singles, everybody, tune in. So here's, 
here's where here's where it begins. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the the shows, um, reality shows, and so forth. I I have watched like Animal Planet. I don't know if anybody like that or whatever. And and you're okay. You watch Animal Planet, and and you see as people go in and they do extreme things. And I was watching one where a guy would would snorkel into this murky, nasty, awful water, and he would go underneath an alligator, and he would take and put his hand underneath the head of the alligator, and, and, and obviously he, he chose to do this. He chose to put his hand underneath the head, and the goal was then to take and to lift that alligator above his head. And I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. And then there's one, there's one gal that comes and she says, well, I would like to learn how to lift an alligator. And I'm thinking, why? Why would anybody desire to do that? And, and so he takes her and says, you know, this is what you do. And you get your, your, your gear on and the cameraman's in this murky water and trying to just as best, best they can get a picture. And comes underneath and it's like, I want to show you, you know, that, that this is what you need to do. And because she wants to learn how to do this so that she can do that. And then I watched another episode in which, have you ever seen this? They get in front of a hammerhead shark, and they grab the, the, the side of the hammer, I guess, or whatever, and the eyeballs on the side, and they hold on to it, and then it pushes them through the water at just super fast speed. Anybody ever see that? They do this stuff. I can't make that stuff up. And, the, and it's incredible to me, as you watch these extreme things, how people will do them, and, and, I mean, people will drive themselves to what I call the brink, the brink of life, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, those types of things. And there's something appealing to all of us, isn't there, about watching that? You know, we sit there and we watch it. We're like, wow. And, and guys, if, if this is just a dude thing. It, you know, ladies, you might be closing your eyes or whatever, maybe not. I don't know. But guys, we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he was eating? You know, wouldn't it be cool if just something extreme happened? And, and, and you know, it's, I know it's sick, but we do it. We like to see how people live on the edge. There's something about that, you know? There's something about appealing because it's dangerous. There's no room for error. There's no room for space. If, if, maybe you watched the, um, the free solo show, the free solo documentary, in which uh, this gentleman, young man, climbs El Capitan. And, and in Yosemite National Park, and it's like 3,000 feet, and he free climbs, nothing. And you're watching as he's climbing, and I'm, in, I'm like, whoa, one mistake, it's over. It's over. Watch it. It's so cool. And there's something that's very appealing to us when we, when we watch somebody that's going to be eaten by a shark or somebody that's going to plummet to their death, somebody that's walking across the canyon. You're just like, wow. And so... It's interesting if you've watched reality shows, you know, that drive people to the brink, the edge of, of disaster, fear factor, where they'll try, they, they, in the past, where they'll drive you emotionally and physically, or maybe you watch one of the reality shows of Survivor or, or The Bachelor, whatever it is you watch, and you're sitting there going, oh, I would be freaking out. I'd be freaking out. And then you watch people as they break down and they cry, and they walk off the show, they go over the edge and all of that stuff. Here's the reality. It's real f uh, fun to watch it. It's real fun to watch it on TV and the thrill and the drama and all that stuff. But it's different when it happens in real life. When you have no capacity, 
no margin, no space. And if you do, life begins to crumble around you. And we see it all the time. And there's, we've watched as a married couple is living on the edge, no capacity, no time, and they get into a fight. And that fight catapults them over the edge. And before you know it, they're signing divorce papers, and it's real ugly. That's no fun. They got past their limit. There's nothing entertaining as a teenager who's, who's living his life. And I've watched this teenagers. There's, there's, you, you need some space. You need some, some accountability, just like any of us. But all of a sudden, you get to a ploy place where you cross a line. And you cross the line, and you morally fail. And then you hear about it, and somebody gets pregnant. Somebody contracts something, and the people living on the brink morally, people living on the edge emotionally. And, you know, have you ever watched somebody that's on the brink financially? In which, in which at the end of each month, you're hoping you'll make it. And if some unforeseen thing shows up, some car breakdown occurs, something happens in which you're like, oh my goodness, we aren't going to make it. It's because you didn't have any capacity or space. And our Heavenly Father is saying this. You have to have capacity. And you have to have space. And if you don't, you will live on the brink of disaster. And when you live on the brink of disaster, this is what happens. You can't and you won't be in relationship with me because you will be so self-focused. And when you're so self-focused and when you're just looking at yourself, what happens is that you can't not only not love God and have relationship with God, you can't love God others the way God intended. You can't have intimacy in your relationship with your spouse. You can't have the relationship that you should have with your, with your peers. You can't have relationship hardly with anybody. Because I believe that as our, as our relationship with our Heavenly Father goes, so goes our earthly relationships. That is so critical. And so, what I've been finding in real life is that we have to have some margin. Now, how about, how, I don't know if anybody, any of you got margin or you got space back so you weren't living on the edge. If, did COVID help you reel back a little bit? Anybody get more space? Take a few more walks? Maybe, maybe, you know, spend a little more time with the kids. If you didn't, good Lord. <laughs> I mean, when will we, you know? When you're like, hey, take a year off. You know, not really. You got, you know what I'm saying. But, but when, when, I mean, for some of us, we gained it. Some of us, you go, well, no, I was getting, I was more entrenched by work and stuff and all that. But I know this, that if we're going to be in relationship with our Heavenly Father, in relationship with others, we have got to, we can't live on a brink of disaster. We have to have capacity. We have to have space. And if you don't have margin, what I call margin, space between where you are and where you potentially could be. So here's, 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 let me just illustrate so you can kind of figure this out mentally. Here's your life, and here's your capacity. So you work, you know, you get up in the morning, you, you know, you eat, you do stuff, you, have your, you know, whatever. You, you, here's the end of your day, and here's the margin in which relationships occur. But if you don't have that, what happens is that there is a cliff that you will go over emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially instead of having space it's kind of like it's kind of like this do you know margin margin is we all like it you ever read a book you know if you read a book and you open it up and you've got spaces on the side of your book it's called margin 
okay? Uh, how about the road? I'm going to show you this picture. When I drive, I like to have space. I like to have, know that there's a little bit of space over so that in the event that something happens, I can go off the side. It's called margin. So your life, your life is lived on the road, but there's space to give you so that you don't what? So that you don't ultimately crash and burn when there's a crisis, when there's a struggle, when there's an issue. We all like space, don't we? Like, you ever flown first class? Woo. I tell you what, haven't flown it much, but once you do, you don't want to go back. It just costs a ton of money. We all like to have space, don't we? We shouldn't have to live on a road in which it's, there's no space and there's no capacity for us to have a relationship with God and a relationship with each other. God has a plan, and he invites us away from what I call the brink. And I have been wrestling this for the last maybe year, year and a half. And God's been going, Jason, you're not listening. Jason, you're too busy. Jason, if you would just take a little bit of time. Jason, you know you walk by that person and you really don't care about them. I'm like, God, that's harsh. No, but it's true. And you don't have any capacity, Jason, and you need to. And here's the deal. Jason, if you, if you don't take time, eventually I will find you time. I will find you time. And so the truth is we live in a culture that drives us to the edge emotionally, morally, financially, all of that. And God has a plan for your life and my life that he invites us away from that edge that culture calls us to. And we don't have to live on the brink of love. We don't have to have this missing intimacy in our marriages, in, in, intimacy with other, with, with friends, and, and we don't have to miss that. So here's what I would say about margin, and this is something for us, this is hopefully going to lead us back into a relationship with God, which out of the abundance of that relationship leads us into intimacy with our spouse and with our friends margin is an amount available beyond what is actually needed the amount available beyond what is actually needed so that's huge in our finances in our schedules our morality in our emotions so that when we get to the end of the month that we go okay if there was a crisis it's not really going to be a crisis because i have an amount available I have some capacity. And then we wonder why we have problems. You know, we have problems emotionally or physically or, or spiritually or financially because we didn't leave any space. So I'm, cur I'm curious. How many of us in this room or online, you're not leaving space to handle love the way God intended us to handle love because we don't have any time to know our Heavenly Father. Now I'm asking for a show of hands. I'm asking for you to wrestle that down because margin, then here's another understanding of it, is the space between our current performance and our brink, what I call our brink of breakdown, our brink of going over the edge. Margin is this, when you run, but not as fast as you could. Margin is showing up somewhere early. Margin, margin for me is getting to the end of the month and there's money left over. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Margin is having an argument, but you have emotional capacity to not crumble in the midst of the argument. To deal with it without going to the brink of emotional disaster. So here's, what, here's a few things I want you to just, just understand. As we move to intimacy with God, and we handle love the way God designed us and desires us to, we handle that love. And then we watch as our relationships begin to change. But here's, you were designed to live a life with limits, and you were not meant to live on the brink. 
So as your margin decreases, your stress level increases. Here's, here's how I would explain it. If you're late for a meeting and you're sitting at it, or if you know you got four minutes before you got to be at the meeting and it's your stoplight, and the stoplight isn't changing or a train comes. And as the train is coming, all of a sudden you're going three minutes, two minutes, and your stress level begins to increase. Why? Because you didn't have any capacity. You didn't have any room. And now you're going, oh, I'm going to be late. You know it. It's like, what happens? Your stress level increases. My margin is shrinking. And if you're a pretty stressed out person, it's probably because you don't have any margin in your life. If you're pretty stressed out, unexpected expenses, you know, dating being pushed physically. See, we were designed. Do you know God, our, our Heavenly Father designed us with limits? Some of you are going, not me. You don't know me. I'm, I, I'm a machine, man. I'm awesome. I got this figured out. You are designed to live with limits. So first of all, I know this is that as your stress level increases, your margin decreases. And also, the second thing is your focus narrows. I've, I've used this illustration before. That when, when you have no margin, what happens? You become focused on yourself. It's like this. I'm standing on the edge of the platform. And I can't really focus on God or you because I'm focused on me. The less space I have, the less, the less uh, I am able to focus on something. You know, if, I, if I'm standing on this edge and I'm sitting here constantly teetering, I'm thinking, I, I can't fall, I can't fall, I can't fall. Hence, when you have no capacity, you focus on yourself. And when you focus on yourself, what can't you do? You can't focus on God. And when you're not focusing on God, what can't you do? You can't have great relationships with your spouse. You can't have great relationships with your friends. You can't be. Oh, no, you, you go, well, I have great relationships. It doesn't. You will never have the best relationships that our Heavenly Father designed you for. And the third thing, that our mar- when our margin decreases, relationships suffer. And see, relationships happen in this space, extra time. No, there's, there's not financial pressure. There's, there's, when, when everybody has emotional headroom, we deal with stuff and it happens. And here's, this is key. This is so, if anything you take away today, this is it. Busyness is the enemy of intimacy. Busyness is the enemy of intimacy. And here's what you need to know is that I can't change that for you and you can't change that for me. I can't resolve that in your life. I can't come in and deal with your finances. I can't come in and deal with your emotional headroom. I can't deal with the physical stuff. I'm not there. It's you and God. It's you and God. And our Heavenly Father wants you to succeed. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to win. And more importantly, He wants you to know Him. And not just on a Sunday when Pastor B or myself or somebody gets up and speaks and you go, oh, that was good. I got a little bit more insight into God. No, God is saying, you can know me way more intimately than just on the weekend. That's right. That's right. Than just on the weekend. And, and you can know me. And then what we're talking about, how we handle love, all changes. So if we're going to see a new vision, mission for our marriage and our relationships and potentially our lives as a whole... We're going to have to get this right if we're going to live our lives God's best because relationships happen in the, in the margin, not on the edge, not on the ledge. Happen, this, these relationships happen in this space where our capacity is, where our brink is, where the edge is. This is where it's happening. And so culture will drive us to the edge. So why do we allow ourselves to get to the edge and not live with margin? 
Just curious. What you got? Why do we live on the edge? Be all that you can be. What else? Keep it up with your neighbor. What else? Online. Type it in. What else? Why do we live on the edge? Pride. This is, this is, these are things that, that we have to, why, why? Why do we live on the brink of financial ruin, emotional ruin, moral ruin? Why don't we just do less, right? Sell some stuff. Okay, why? I think it's because we're scared. I think we are fearful. I think it's because we're fearful. Some of us are thinking we're going to miss out on something good. We're going to, that, that in pursuing all of these things, we, we, we think we're going we're gonna to miss something. And in pursuing all of these things, we actually do what? We end up with a, with a life that doesn't even feel like it's worth living at times. Because we're pursuing, we're afraid. I also think we're afraid of falling behind. And, you know, then our children fall behind because why? They're watching us. And they're looking at us going, when do you find time for God? When do you find time for mom? Or when do you find time for dad? When do you find time for others? And, and they're looking at us, and we're the model. We're the example. And if we don't have margin, if we don't have capacity, and we're living on the brink of disaster... And not living in intimacy, our kids follow that. So, some of us fear not mattering. So reducing the margin in our life is kind of like a success strategy, okay? Right? So my question to you is, are you ready to go there? Are you ready to cross the line to begin to be able to handle love the way God designed us, designed us to handle love and engage one another, but first engage Him? And then out of the abundance of that relationship. So, I think our Heavenly Father is saying this to us today because he's been saying it to me for a long time. Step away from the edge. Step away back off, Jason. Don't live here. Step back. Let me, let me work in your life. You can know me. Uh, and, you, and I'm telling you, there's nothing else that will satisfy your soul. Nothing. Scripture has all kinds of stories about, about finding hope and, and, and finding truth in Christ and finding, I mean, Scripture, even the story of the great pearl that when you, when you find Jesus, that it's like a pearl. And when you find that pearl of, of great, the kingdom is like this pearl, it's so great that you get it and you go sell everything else to keep it. That's a relationship with our Heavenly Father. There is nothing like it. And in order for us to handle love the way God intended us, we, I'm praying that we will come back from the edge of what culture's driving us to or what we're driving ourselves to and go, God, what is it that you want to do to take me to a place of intimacy? So God invites us back. And here's a couple things that I want you to know is that God, some of you that are type A's, number one, that you are created with limits. And God created you as a relational being. Summarize scripture for me from Genesis to Revelation. What is it? It's relationship. It's relationship. It's, it doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It's like from the beginning, God wanted a relationship, created us, relationship with him, relationship with others. We then severed that relationship, mankind sin. And since then, Jesus set out a plan, and a plan was in motion that what? To reconcile man to God. And then ultimately in reconciliation, he's leading us to the end, to the ultimate relationship of heaven with our heavenly father and for eternity with each other. What if the church could be a little bit of heaven on earth? 
What if the church could come back from the edge and begin to, 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 to live the limits that God intended us to live and, and create us relationally? And, I mean, even the nation of Israel, the people on, on earth that God placed as saying, these are my people, I want you to see how they live, I want you to see how they worship me, how they're blessed. And when you watch them, that's, that's imagery of what, you're, what I'm like. That's what I'm like. And he did. He, he mandated margin. He said, thou shalt have margin. Okay? Time, land, financially. That was, he was saying, I know that you're capable. I know what you're capable of. I know that you guys can do amazing things. I know you can build big businesses. You can have big houses, big cars, nothing wrong. Okay, you can do all that type of stuff. But I want you to know you're capable of, but I know what you could accomplish. But I don't want you to live there. I don't want you to live there. I'm calling you back from the edge, and here's what happened. They forgot God. And when they forgot God, they wondered, where is he? Why is he gone? Why is he gone missing? And I wonder in your life if you're going, where's God? Where's God? Where's he gone? Why is he missing? Why am I not able to handle? Why, why is the love that's supposed to be in my home? Why is it not there? Why is the love in my relationship not there? Why is this not working? And our Heavenly Father's going, just if you would devote, it's called a thing called devotions. Devoting time to know our Heavenly Father. And you're so afraid that you won't produce. You're so worried that you'll fall behind. And you're so worried that what, what's going on, what's going to happen. Hey, our Heavenly Father says, trust me. Step back from the edge and watch as I will do things beyond whatever you could imagine or think. This is where God, this is what Benito and myself are believing, that we're believing that, our, that this church and this ministry is going to be a result of people that walk and live in intimacy with God. And when they walk and live in intimacy with God, they'll be able to handle love the way God intended us to handle it. We'll, 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 out of the abundance of our relationship we'll watch and when people go well why how is it that, God, that, that freedom this, this corporate gathering and the people that leave and, all, and, and the ministry that's taking place how is that happening and, and, and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that it will be because the people that we do life with are walking in intimacy with God so step back from the brink and then Jesus shows up on the scene and he says in Luke 10, 27, he's asked, he's asked by the leaders of the day, hey, rabbi, hey, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? What is it? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, and love your neighbor. What? Okay, love handles, births out of love for God, This is, this is like Christianity 101. If we can't get this, what else are we going to get? This is huge for us. And then Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus is, Jesus is going, okay, I'm leaving. I'm going away. I'm going to send the Spirit of God to fill your life, transform you. And he says, teach the people what I have taught you. So you see what, what Benito, myself, or others teach you, what we teach you, you just consume it, eat it, eat it, get fat Christianity. No, you consume it, but ultimately to give it away. We speak into the life of the church so that the church can go and be the church in the community and in the world. 
we speak this stuff, and he says, teach the people what I taught you to obey all things, the things that I've commanded you to obey, and I want you to do what? I want you to tell the world about me. I want you to share your faith. I want you to not just share your faith and go, wow, I reached Tom at work. and I, I actually want you to reach your spouse. I actually want you to reach your kids. I actually want you to live in intimacy with me so that you can live out of that. And you know what that's going to mean? That demands that I love. Well, you don't understand. I don't like loving. Well, then you haven't met Jesus. He is love. So it's going to demand that you live like Jesus, and that's going to demand that I give of what? My resources. It's going to mean that, I, that I'm going to give of my time. You, if you don't have margin, if, you don't, if you're living on the brink of life always, you have nothing left, nothing to give, and you wonder why life seems empty or void or purposeless. And our Heavenly Father goes, it's never had to be that way. Never. And so... If you squeeze margin out, you squeeze God out of your life. I'm curious. How many of you have squeezed God out of your life? Don't raise your hand. Online. How many have squeezed God out of your life? Because you, and and I know, one day, one day, if you call yourself Christian, one day you came to faith in Jesus Christ, right? But you got busy. One day you crossed the line, you gave your life to Jesus, and now I, I'm busy and I don't have time for God. I don't have time to handle love the way God intended me to. And God, and, and here's where I've come to the conclusion, is that God has created time for me when I don't take time. So how do you want to get to that place? How do you want to get there? The pushback for some of us is this. If you knew my life and my schedule and my responsibility, it's just not practical. I know what some of you are thinking. You don't understand. I've got, I got $80,000 worth of debt. I've got this car to pay for. We've got this, in this house. You don't understand. I, I, I lost my, my job or whatever. In fact, it's incredible to me how if you don't take time to devote to our Heavenly Father in intimacy, and you don't then, out of the abundance of that, connect with each other and love each other, love your spouse, love your children, love your peers, and so forth. Our Heavenly Father slows us down. And some of you go, well, I just, I just don't have the money. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you lose your job. And he slowed you down. Now what are you going to do with your time? You're like, I don't have time to spend time with my wife and have that intimacy and so forth. And then what happens is that a crisis occurs. And then what you thought was so important, before you know it, you're faced with divorce because you didn't take time. Some of you, it's... It's, that, it's getting to that place. It's even I've met people in 27, 28 years of ministry that, in which they're like, I never, never sought that intimacy, and then all of a sudden, a cancer diagnosis occurs. And all of a sudden, you're slowed down to, real, to reality in the games and all the, the different things that you take your kids to, all the stuff that you thought was so such a big deal, God goes, it's not that big of a deal anymore, is it? Because what matters is intimacy with me. Intimacy with others, handling love that way. There was a time, let me just explain this and then I'll wrap it up. There was a time in our country not too long ago in which the church would often say, I, I can't give 10% to a local congregation. I can't bring my first fruits, what we call our first fruits. And some of you go, I don't know that I believe in that, whatever. Okay. I can't give 
So they didn't. And the government came and said, well, I'll take 10%. And then and you're like, oh, what am I going to do? And you adjusted. And then there came a time where government says, well, I'll take 15%. And the government said, I'll take 20%. And we adjusted, didn't we? And then government said, I'll take 25%. And, and, and see what's happening is this, is that our Heavenly Father is saying that we have capacity, we have resources, we have, we have time, and we have, and we have finances, and we have, we have uh, moments physically, emotionally, spiritually, things that we can give our Heavenly Father, not out of, out of, out of legalism, but because we so believe in relationship with Him, and He... And he's like, you have capacity. And you go, well, I don't. I pay so much taxes and so forth. The problem is, is that we've taken our stuff, our life, our issues to the brink. And we haven't created the space in which our relationship with our Heavenly Father exists and our relationship with each other exists. So what are you going to do with it? Here's the point. You're going to live with limits. Either that you choose culture chooses, or our Heavenly Father invites us to live in that. In fact, Revelation chapter 3 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. He's bidding, come on. There is nothing like relationship with me. Nothing like it. And he won't force you to the issue. He's going to wait until you open the door, and it may be in a hospital bed. It may be in a divorce. It may be while you're facing bankruptcy. It may don't, don't wait until you're pregnant. In other words, you're going to have limits. Who's going to set those limits for you? And what are you going to do about it? What I, what I have come to the conclusion is, and this is hard for me, is that why don't we choose instead of being forced to step away from the edge and live life in relationship with God and with others, instead of being forced to say to our Heavenly Father who created us and knows us inside and out, okay, here's my time, here's my money, here's my relationships, here's my, you know me inside and out, here's everything, my emotions, my morality, everything. I'm going to open the door for you into my life. And what I have found is he always leads me back to what truly matters. And I've had highs in my life, and I've had great moments having, you know, four kids and seeing them born and then having them, you know, get married and, you know, graduating and all of that type of stuff. And my wife and I have had great moments and, and, and a lot of good stuff. But I have never, never had greater joy personal relationship with my Heavenly Father. There is nothing like it. So my question to you is, will you, the church, with me, pursue Him? Pursue Him. Bow your heads and your hands. This is how we handle love in relationships. We seek God first in His kingdom and His righteousness. And all the other things will be added to us. But it's in relationship. It's in that margin, in that space, not living at the edge. It's in that, it's in that relationship. And God says, that's where you'll know me. That's where you'll find me. 
That's how you'll truly love your spouse, love your kids, love your coworkers, love your boss, love your neighbors. That's where you're going to find how you handle love. Is it's in the margin, not at the edge, not at the brink. Oh God, today your church, they've heard a little bit of your heart, a little bit of God, your passion for them to know you and walk in intimacy. Help us, God. With all heads bowed and eyes closed and young life, I wonder if there's anybody in this room going, man, I have been at the edge. And I would love Jason just for you. And you know, that's me. That's my life. If that's you, what I just ask is, hey, just slip up your hand. Just slip it up. That's me. That's me. That's been my life. I've wrestled with that. Would you pray me back off the edge? Anybody else? Just go, that's me. That's been my life. So, Lord Jesus, those online, those in-house, I pray, Father, I pray that, God, today you will help us pursue you. Carve out time to get to know, walk in intimacy, those that are bold enough to go, that's my life. I tend to, God, push you aside, live at the edge morally. I tend to live at the edge financially. I tend to live at the edge in, in all, in my job. I tend to, God, bring us back. God, in our, in our marriages, what we've been talking about, of what is causing quarrels and fights. God, we believe that if we can walk into intimacy, those quarrels and fights, they'll take care of themselves. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.